Welcome to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast, episode number nine. We're going to dive into a whole spectrum of topics today, starting off with college baseball, because college baseball is underway, and Jared and I both played college baseball. We love college baseball. We think it should get a little bit more love than it currently does, especially in the mainstream sports media industry, because it's electric. These players really get into it, really emotionally invested. So we think you should check out college baseball, and we'll tell you why. Secondly, we'll talk about our very first division predictions. A little bit tougher to give these, being that Major League Baseball hasn't come to an agreement with the Players Association yet, so we still don't really know what the status is with the season, but we're going to do our very best to give you our predictions for the American League East division this year. So stay tuned for that. And then lastly, we'll get into some miscellaneous topics, talking about different stuff, whether it's lifestyle, preference in this case today we're talking about breakfast food so stick around tune in for the episode thank you guys for listening and let's get straight into it okie dokie jared welcome back to the phenomenal fan podcast episode number nine we are almost in double digits for our episodes look at that and uh, we have a lot to, do, to to cover today. We have the American League East. We're going to give our predictions as best we can. We are recording on Sunday, the 20th of February. And the word is that Major League Baseball is going to be meeting with the players starting tomorrow and every day of the week. So the American League East standing predictions we're going to be giving may be a little bit more difficult than the rest because hopefully by the time we record our next episode, this lockout will be over. That's the that's the hope. We've been hoping that for four months and nothing's changed. So we'll talk about the American League East. We'll talk about college baseball because college baseball is back, Jared, and it's back in full swing. You and I know a uh, thing or two, thing or two about college ball. You know, used to play it back in our day, uh, back in the uh, in the golden days, I guess you could say of of. Uh, the early to mid two thousands. So, uh, college baseball, yeah, the, teens. the teens, yeah, the t- the, the teen teens. thousands, yeah. American League East, college baseball, and uh, we'll give you our controversial takes on. You know, we'll just leave it towards the end. It's in the title, but we'll leave it towards the end. We'll let you guys, we'll let you guys go there. So we got a lot to cover, but first of all, Jared, we have. College baseball in action. No Major League Baseball in action. NBA All-Star Weekend. This is kind of that lull in the sports calendar where it's like... Uh, it's, it's horrible right now. It's and like, up until you, you like middle of bad. March, I think. There's really I like put, nothing. I put, I put the Daytona 500 on today. Yeah, that's, that's bad. That's how you know it's bad. Like, and I don't watch... I don't really watch NASCAR. And I get that people love NASCAR, and I actually did enjoy it a little bit. But I threw it on today. I was like, I know there was some hockey on too, but I saw the Daytona 500. And I was like, that's kind of a cooler event. It's like a, you know, really notable one for NASCAR. So I'm like, yeah. so I'm going to turn it on and see what it's about. I don't really get it. Like, I get it's a race. I know it's just a race in a circle, but I don't understand <laughs> like the pit. At one point, Kyle Bush crashed his car and then he like somehow, like, I don't get how he got back in the swing of things where he ended up finishing sixth. Like his car was crashed. Like how did all the other cars that are going 200 miles per hour get caught yeah i just don't get like i get like i get there's like the whole caution thing I'm, i was kind of understanding it but 
NASCAR, anyway, that's NASCAR what, is hard that's to understand. Schedule it is. Yeah, it's well, bad. You just have to you have to talk to somebody about it that's like into it and like they be well, like, hey, see, here's what happened here. Right. Like this guy got penalized, or like they're gonna go on caution and like in the same positioning. But I don't know. I just don't get like how you like really like vault past somebody or like what determines why you get to start up front or like yeah. I don't know. No, I. And I don't know, like the pit has to do with things so I don't know. much. And then, like, some guy's tire, some guy's tire flew off today. <laughs> then the, apparently the 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 crew or like the crew chief or whatever is going to get suspended because the tire flew off so he did a dog shit job they went too fast and almost killed people i guess so yeah sense, no but. that that that's the one thing i'll say about nascar is it definitely gets a a, a bad rap i think because people always are like oh it's daytona 500 to turn and left going fast it's like it's way more than than a bunch of hicks watching cars drive in a circle like it's a lot more than that it's dangerous. It's, it was kind of cool. But it's, I, enjoyed, it cool. I actually did enjoy watching it a little bit. And I know people... I couldn't, I couldn't lock into it. I think Formula One's way cooler. Yes. Formula One I, is, I, like, I kinda, insane. Formula One is insane. NASCAR, though, is not quite as insane, but it's there's still tons of strategy. There's a lot of... T- you know, like you said, there's pit stops. Like, what is crazy to me is you'd think it was mostly on the driver, but, like... You could be you could be cruising in like third place the whole ga- the whole race, strategy you know coasting behind catching a you know somebody's uh, whatever tailwind or whatever trying to make that last minute move and then the guy in front of you loses control and just takes you out fl- car flips folded in half your your race is done like that that type of shit's kind of kind of wild to me but I mean NASCAR is one of the one of the few sports that they can actually say like realistically probably one of the most not that it's very likely but it's more likely in in nascar than other sports that you could like die like racing a car yeah. like you could die oh, you're hauling ass you're like, like you're absolutely you're like, going like r.i.p dale, dale senior and they're like r.i.p and they're like on each other's ass i didn't realize like that you like literally bump up people like you like, the, try whole to make moves the whole time the whole time i was like that that's just kind of blew my i don't know it was the first time i'd watched it and i was like I don't know if I don't know if I could really like right get, get into down it. On it but, yeah, but it was like it was it was cool to watch for like an hour today when I got a little, yeah. a little bit of bored, need a little bit of a fix. I feel like it's definitely one of those sports too where it's like when there's that lull or it's on and there's nothing else. It's definitely a really good napping sport. You know, you yeah. throw that on on low it's volume, like, kind of that like white noise of the cars going around. It's like a, it's like a Sunday golf tournament where it's like it's fun to watch, but it's really easy to like. Right. It's a really good napping. Like, yeah, oh, you could. Good. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you're switching between players a lot of times, and then like I guess on the golf and the golfer. Sunday, I, I think they teach the golf announcers to be to like talk with like ASMR. Whisper. Yeah. Whisper. Here's Joaquin. Yeah. Joaquin Neiman yeah. on 16. And I and I and he starts talking, and my eyes are just halfway open. I'm like, what? and then you wake up and it's nighttime oh he's not gonna like he's not gonna like this one yeah 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 just all quiet yeah no i love it i love uh and you, you hear the guy you hear the guy and that's the guy that's falling falling around get in the hole yeah, every, yeah. Time, every time every time every time every time bombed on fucking bombed <laughs> on Michelob lights on ultras absolutely rinsed on on bud eyes. just has no idea where he's at but all he knows talking is about th- own, talking about his own golf swing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a big golf yeah. Guy, you know? yeah he's like dude i swear man if my parents would have put me in golf lessons i'd be right out there with these motherfuckers it's like yeah, he's like hey bobby yeah, exactly. bobby you wouldn't i promise you do you know how much time 
Jordan Spieth spends on the range on a weekly basis. I'm telling you, it's a lot more than the 35 hours a week you spend in the office making sales for your fucking tech company that pays you not enough. But you think, but you think that you're uh, you're a big shot because you you're built the same. You're built the same as Colin Morikawa. Like, do you understand how many golf balls Colin Morikawa has hit compared to you, man? Yeah, no, with it's like, with like with like expert instruction. Yeah, with like with the track man. Yeah, and the yeah, yeah, like like dialed into like the guys on a yeah. like a, a eating regimen. Like, and you have had three bratwursts today, Bobby. Like, yeah, like you're not you're not uh, you're not even close to the caliber of these guys. But no, it's anyway. uh yeah. Anyway, anyway, golf, Scott. Golf's a good napping sport. NASCAR's a good napping sport. And the whole point of the uh, the di- entire digression we had there was that we are in a brutal spot in the sports schedule. Every year it happens. It is what it is. You got your basketball right now. We're going in. T- we're on Sunday nights. So we got the NBA All Star Game. But to quickly touch on it, Jared, honestly, I, I watched bits and pieces of the uh, dunk contest and the NBA stuff last night. I. It's hard because. The skills contest is like cool idea, right? For the NBA mm-hmm. three point contest, cool idea. Dunk con- like they're all the dunk contest makes sense, and they all on paper you're like, okay, this guy shoots, you know, whoever makes the most three pointers going around the arc wins the contest. Whoever dribbles around makes the passes, commits you know, whatever. The dunk contest is hard for me because I saw a tweet today. Somebody said that there's not really much more that you can do in the dunk contest. Like we have reached, yeah, we have reached the peak of human capabilities. Like what is somebody going like to jump you, like over the rim do. and then dunk it? Like you can't physically yeah. do that stuff. And, and like, there's only so many props you can like, you know, props you can do. You jump <laughs> yeah. over the guy and like, yeah, yeah, they're cool. And like, but really it's like, yeah, they've, it's like, they've, there's obviously people that have like gone to the lab and like, you know, like tried to create something that nobody else has done, but like really, there's only so many swings you can do in that time of, uh, up in the air, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Throw it off the top of the backboard and do some crazy dunk, and it's like you see it, and it's just kind of getting a little bit. It does get a little bit old, but I still, I still kind of enjoyed watching it. But like, well, and then it's also the, like, the, the well, fact there wasn't of, a whole lot of energy in there last night. Yeah, well, it's also the fact of, I think it was whatever. I think again, I saw it on Twitter somewhere, but I think it was like the 2016 dunk contest, gaunt- dunk contest between Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. And I didn't even yeah. really watch that one all the way through. I think I remember like throwing it on in the background one time. And then like halfway through, I remember hearing it in the background and I was like, dang, dude, like this crowd's kind of going wild. Like, and every time the guys would step up for a dunk, Aaron Gordon or, or uh, Zach Levine, it was a first try. You didn't know what you were seeing when it happened. And then they'd throw it up between the legs, fucking crazy. You know, Aaron Gordon's using the the Orlando Magic mascot as a prop, and he's like holding the ball up over his head and to his side, and mm-hmm. you're like, "What? What is this? Like, what is? Why is the why is the Magic mascot got the ball up in the air with his right hand, spinning in a circle on a on a hoverboard? Like, what is he gonna do here?" And then they do it, and it's like first try, and everyone's like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Last night they were just bricking, like <laughs> they just couldn't yeah, throw the ball in. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty bad on like it. It's pretty tough when they like get they're like trying a really difficult one obviously they need, they need like the perfect bounce off the backboard yeah, or whatever it is exactly and like they do like three or four like run-ups to it and you're like oh and then they finally like they try it they miss it and then they have to like settle for one you know settle, for, settle for that's like not as good guns. yeah but then, then, then 
just because they know that they want to get the score, but it's like, it makes sense. It's like, you don't want to sit there and watch them try do that same shit fucking 30 times. Yeah. But no, it was, and then like, it wasn't, yeah, it didn't have like a, the crowd just didn't seem like it was like, like super like electric last night. And like, yeah. I know that there was like, Shaq was bitching about it. There was a lot of like backlash on, on social media that I saw about like how it wasn't that good or whatever. But I mean, those are still ridiculous dogs that those guys are doing. So, well, I, it's like, sort of the same it, concept to me as the home run derby and also the, to an extent, like the world baseball classic where, or maybe like, let's even say the Olympics, if the, if in the Olympics and the summer Olympics for baseball, for example, if, if baseball, if the United States sent their best guys over Seas to the Olympics, we would score 135 runs a game and wouldn't give up a single run because it would be Jacob DeGrom, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, you know, all the crazy guys with the dunk contest. Mm -hmm. If it was LeBron and it was like the best dunkers in the game, I think it might be a little bit more entertaining. And I think it was more entertaining because it used to be like that. Dwight Howard used to be in the dunk contest, DeAndre Jordan, like. It was fun. Like Nate Robinson, tiny guy, super entertaining. But yeah, with the home run derby, same thing. If Vlad Jr. was in the home run derby or if these other guys, like if they were all consistently in the derby, like that's why this year's was so fun, right? Otani was in it. And, you know, like that's a huge star. So I think if they're going to make improvements in the dunk contest, they need to see if the guys will, the more big name guys will uh, be more yeah. willing to participate, yeah. you know? And that, yeah, it is kind of funny because it's like uh, Descano, Anderson, and Top, and both the guys that were in the finals last night don't even—they're not even the starting starters. Lineup yeah, for their team exactly. Yeah. And like Top, Toppin's like people love him when he comes in there, and he does yeah. like will come in in the game, and he will throw down a massive dunk. I actually, I actually put a hundred dollars on him last night to, to win, win because I'd watched them play. Right, and I'd, I'd watched Descano Anderson play, and I'd never seen him like throw down like nasty dunks in the games right. as much. As I I'd watched him play because obviously. You have to be watching the game when the backups are in, and uh, I know that Toppin like they're always they're always talking about how he's like a highlight reel dunk guy. I think Jalen Green it was like the odds on favorite. I was really surprised to see Cole Anthony in it because in my mind I all like I see Cole Anthony shooting and assisting and laying the ball up. I was actually really surprised to see him in it. So yeah, but I mean just think about how much more hype there'd be. You know what I mean? If it was like LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo fucking you know just these big guys yeah, big names but, but it's do, it's hard to get them in there i get it you know for some reason like there there's a little thing like here's why like i don't love it with like dwight howard or like i think there's a you lose a little bit of the luster when the guys are like monsters guys, like too tall <laughs> yeah so i know like i know that like toppin's like six nine two but it's like i mean in the NBA, Giannis like, is you know, what seven feet or but, six but eleven like, but, but like if you can like just basically barely jump and dunk yeah. the ball like it's not that cool to see you do something crazy it's like but that's more entertaining because i'd rather see Giannis's head go yeah. over the rim and he touches yeah. the top you're of the like, oh my god what a yeah what a freak you know but <laughs> yeah. uh yeah no yeah but for sure it was it it's tough they, they're like they're using the same product year after year and like you said yeah there's only so much you guys can really do obviously ridiculously athletic and and the dunks are still really cool but yep it's just that's what type of time it is this year yep it's either hockey or that so yeah tough tough times but it's a good transition to our next topic here on what is actually going on in the world of sports and this weekend officially all levels of college baseball are officially underway first pitches have been thrown most teams and games kicked off on friday jared you and i both played college baseball 
I personally believe, you know, especially on a day like today, it's a great example. February 20th, Sunday afternoon, you got Daytona 500 on Fox. You've got Genesis Invitational Golf Tournament on CBS. Then you flip over to ESPN, and it's not even necessarily two teams that are ranked in a college basketball game. Like, maybe one is. Maybe it's women's basketball. Maybe it's it's a game where just shouldn't have as much implications as the games that should be on at least an ESPN two or something like that, in my opinion, but you have a game between number seven in the country ranked Oklahoma state baseball and number three or number two Vanderbilt. And they're playing yeah. each other on a Sunday and that game, you can't even find it on mainstream TV. You have to die. You have to dig your way into ESPN plus and find SEC plus network and then click on it. And even when you do, it's it's a mediocre broadcast with a couple of guys that, you know, I'm sure they're great, but it's just there should be more there should be more notoriety given out to, to college baseball as a general statement, but even more so, especially at a time like this, because there's just not that much going on. Instead of getting force fed basketball, college basketball, NBA, like all this stuff, I get that that's important but if college baseball got more nationally televised i feel like it would perform really well for the ratings i mean i feel like the college world series always does really well right so yeah why would they not try to try to include that more into the broadcast schedule i'm not sure but college baseball is underway and i think it needs to get a little bit more attention jared i don't know about you no i like i like watching these i like watching the a lot of these like d1 guys playing right now i feel like those games are super entertaining and like it's kind of that newer wave of baseball where like some of these guys that are playing right now probably were, you know, I don't know how old they were when Jose Batista flipped that bat like crazy. You yeah. Know? They were kids. Yeah. They're, they're, they're real young, you know? Yeah. So it's like, that was kind of like, I mean, people obviously like showboated in baseball, like they had showboated in baseball before, but that was like one of those monumental moments where like yep. he flipped the bat and Marcus Strom and everyone comes running out of the, you know, Luchy's running dugout. out of the dugout and in like almost like that new wave, exciting wave of baseball, you know, where it's like the let let the kids play type of baseball, you know, because yeah. all the old heads are all pissed off about any, you know, any anything that looks fun, any bat flips. <laughs> yeah. So I, like even this week, like already, I've like um, Dude, just on so many Instagram scroll through. I've seen people bat flip, and uh, you know these guys are going off and they're you know they're staring at the other dugouts and talking a little shit, and that's what makes the game funny. You have, you have to let that stuff in because. Like that spikes up the competitiveness. Hundred percent. You know, you, know um, you hit a home run, you just run around the bases, and you know, high five your team teammates and go back. You know, it kind of like underplays the excitement of it. So I um, saw I saw a kid this weekend hit a home run. I don't know what level it was at. It might have been even D two, D three. Kid hit a no doubt home run. <clears throat> when he made contact, he didn't flip the bat. He held it up and pointed. Put the put the knob of the bat up against his eye and pointed the barrel at the ball. Like it was a fucking telescope. Are you kidding yes, me? I, I think I saw that like, too. That is the, not hurting anybody. That is the most electric thing I've ever seen in my life. Like that's MLB to show type of shit. And I like, yeah. I love it. Like there's no, as long as you're not sitting there for three minutes. Right. Cause then it's like, okay, let's get the game going. But he, he did it as he's walking down the line and then flips the bat and runs around the bases and nobody had a problem with it. I love it. And then when the pitcher and then like if the pitcher is mad about it, then like don't give up a home run. 
How about that? Don't give up the home run and like, you know, like <laughs> I love when someone gets the batter the next time because baseball is such a humbling sport. You're going to fail. You're gonna fail more, you're gonna fail more times as a batter most of the time. Yep. Obviously. Yep. You know, so you're going to get a chance to face that guy again. So if you like oh, strike yeah. him out and make him look stupid, I remember last year, I forget who it was, uh, in the MLB, Jazz Chisholm hit, hit a home run when he was coming home. He did that Euro step. Yeah, yeah. Now it's in the show. And he, and he went back and forth. And then the pitcher, the pitcher struck him, struck him out the next day. Or I don't know. I think yeah. it was him the next day. He struck him out on an nasty the Euro. outside. And, and then he Euro stepped off. And it's like almost his way of being like, fuck you back, you know? Yeah, but which, it's also which all is like kind of friendly. Fun. It's also like, I yeah, feel like it doesn't have to be hostile. It doesn't have to be an egotistical bullshit like oh don't fucking celebrate on me like he's not doing it to you because you suck he's celebrating because he had success jazz chisholm's doing a euro step because he had a home run and then the pitcher yeah. strikes him out gives him a little rebuttal and so if you're gonna dish it you're gonna be able to you're gonna have to be able to take it and i don't think many yeah. people have had huge issues with it but i love it man no. i think all that shit's great I mean, yeah i think it's good for the game i just think that like the only people that bitch about it are fucking tony larusa <laughs> You know, like that's, no. they fucking the guy. Hey, man, listen, you're wearing fucking depends to the game because you shit your pants. <laughs> like it's new. It's a different game. Yeah. He's got suspenders on under his jersey. Yeah. To hold his pants up with a diaper. Yeah. Because he's shitting himself because he's 105. Correct. That's why he doesn't like it. Right. He grew up when they, you know, every coach that he ever had told him to fucking. Yeah. And I admire our coaches, too. You know, like the coaches I had in junior college and coaches that I had, they don't fucking like that shit. But then it's like I get it. Like, obviously, like if you. It's cooler when a really good player does it. It like, is. You know, someone that's, like, it's, if you're just some fucking guy and you're hitting, like, you know, you're hitting 227 on the year and you hit, like, your third home run. And, it, like, you know, and it's, like, you hit you hit a home run and you and you pimp it. Yeah. It's, like, fuck off. But if yeah, you're, a guy, that, if you're only... a guy that just absolutely monster mashes balls all the time and you and you own somebody and you want to show, like, showboat, like, you've almost earned that respect around your right. game. So right. you get there's definitely a time and a place in certain people that should do it, but yeah, like I said, I, I like it too. Man. Yeah, the only thing that's that's counter argument to that specific thing where it's like if you're a if you're a consistently really good player and you do it, like it's cooler. The the thing is, you actually don't really see a lot of the superstar level players doing that. So that's why it doesn't look great when you see a guy like Jazz Chisholm doing a Euro step coming into home plate, but Mike Trout. Jazz Chisholm's pretty. Jazz okay. Chisholm's pretty okay. When He's you see when you see, uh, I don't even know who it would be. I, I can't think of an example. If you saw, if you saw uh, Ryan McMahon hit a home run and and pull out the telescope, and then and then not that he would or he did or anything. You get my point though. If it's a mid mid to Jazz Chisholm's a good player, but is he an all-star? Mm, maybe potentially once or twice in his career. Mike Trout is a perennial MVP candidate every single year, and he'll hit balls 470 feet to dead center and just run around the bases with his head down. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. I'm just saying it's not. it doesn't look great, or people take offense to it, I guess, when it's like an Otani, right? He he strikes people out or he does whatever, and he he doesn't really show off. But he's also pretty emotional, and I think some guys get emotional. I just think um yeah you know it is what it is so i feel like jazz chisholm's that's not i feel like we're gonna be able to age that clip and i feel like he's gonna be more than a two-time all-star like he's supposed to be in the league for a minute he's gonna he's he's gonna be one of those guys that ends up getting really good with the marlins yeah he yeah and then he'll get traded then he'll get picked up by somebody else and then he'll be good but i mean what is he he's 24 he's still he's pretty young but he's not like 
he's not like 20 year old young like bryce right, Harper right. Up where you're like this guy's gonna be an all-star for the next fucking 20 years right no um, I, yeah i don't know i don't think uh he, i listen i don't care about the celebrations i really don't i i think it's great but speaking of old-fashioned uh we're really nailing these uh transitions to topics but on the topic of college baseball and the topic of more, I guess you could say old fashioned baseball. Vanderbilt was seen or I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with these. A video went around of the Vanderbilt players, the pitcher, the catcher, and all nine, all seven other players, all nine players on the field total had uh, like a wrist a device on their wrist it basically looks something like an apple watch kind of what you like have on right now jared like an apple yeah. watch mm-hmm. and it's supposedly what it does is the pitching coach is giving the pitches to the pitcher and the catcher so the thing will buzz on their wrist or it'll fucking pop up with a little thing on there and it'll say fastball zone nine and like they break the zone into nine nine quadrant you know nine uh, sections mm-hmm. zone nine is down and away Pitcher sees it, catcher sees it. Okay, cool. Fastball down and away. But also the rest of the team sees it on the field. So if you're a right fielder and there's a right-handed batter and you see fastball down and away, you're going to be on your toes. Or if you see changeup down and away and you're playing shortstop, you're going to be on your toes because the guy might be on early on it, roll it over. I understand mm-hmm. the concept behind it, but to me, that sort of takes away the aspect of defense and the value of defense, number one, because shortstops make a living on their reactionary skills and everything else now it's not maybe it'll lead to more defense like less offense because defenders are going to have better reactions i guess or they're going to have a better understanding of what pitch is coming so they'll get to the ball or have better jumps i'm not really sure you know if i was at a fielder i guess i would want it but i I just don't really feel like that's baseball. Like, I don't really like that. You know what I mean? I think the implementation of technology and sign stealing is, you know, you don't want teams stealing each other's signs. So I get that. But giving it to the entire team is just like kind of excessive to me. I don't know, Jared, you can touch on it, but I just, I don't think it's baseball, you know, it's, it's just so, I don't know. It's so new. It's like, so new school. It's like so new school that it, it, it takes away the beauty of like, you know the the beauty of a catcher, you know, throwing down his signs, like you know, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, hundred like, percent. Just have your, if, if if the pitching coach is just buzzing in on a tablet and the whole field just gets the connection or whatever, um, yeah, it really it really takes away kind of that classic feel of you know like the you know you've seen it in like any baseball movie they throw down the the catcher throws down the deuce right. It's like curveball. And you're like yeah, you know what I mean. Like I don't know. There's something that's like nostalgic and and awesome about that. I guess. If you're playing like from a competitive standpoint or whatever, like, and you're trying to find any advantage you can get to win a ball game, like I see, but I don't love it. I don't love it for the game, um, you know. But I, um, I'm also like kind of, I'm also kind of like one of those guys. I've seen. I think I've seen you talk about robo umps before, and yeah, you hate that. And I don't. I don't necessarily hate robo umps because I fucking. I don't. I do not like to see a batter or a pitcher gets screwed on a call. Sure. Cause if you're just because of the statistics, like go and look up one of the, you know, go look at what a, like a guy hits on an O2 count compared to a two oh, for count sure. or a one, one count. And so if you fuck up a call, 
you're like you're really interfering with the game because right. this guy might have to either groove a fastball or you fuck up a call and call something that's not a strike a strike and you all of a sudden this you bang a slider in the dirt and strike a guy out when he really shouldn't have had to swing at that yep pitch but he's, he's he goes into fucking protective mode so i there's certain things with technology that i like i don't know if i love this little wristband thing not that it like necessarily matters it might just be more a more efficient way to improve the communication for all you know the the catcher is signaling something um to the outfielders anyway and this is might just be an easier way to do right, that right um but it's very new i'm not like fully comfortable with people checking a watch the whole time so i think but. i think more than likely we're going to see this actually more implemented going forward because the big knock on baseball is the pace of play bullshit, which is just mm -hmm. super annoying. But I think this will definitely be one of those things that will increase the pace of play and won't, you won't have to change the rules of baseball uh, to do it or to implement these wrist devices on all these players. So I think I don't love it, but I think it's going to end up being a bigger part of the game than we actually think it is. If anything, yeah, it's just pitchers and catchers. But the problem yeah. is, like, I was, I've been told my whole pitching career that I can't wear anything on any either of my wrists unless it's a, you know, colored, dark colored sleeve, basically, that mm -hmm. matches, coincides with my uniform. And, like, I've had rubber bands on my glove wrist, gloves, glove arm wrist, or I've had blue wristbands, like the one we had for one of our former teammates. And I was told by an umpire to take it off. And now these guys are wearing basically Apple watches on the mound. Like, which, you know, which one, yeah. <laughs> which one is it? And we you just, know? and we just got done with the fucking whole cheating shit, and stealing shit too. And it's like, you want to make it real fucking easy. Have the, ha pay the camera guy an extra $40,000 a year to seriously in on that. And, but at the same time, it's like, how, also, how are you, how are you going to steal the catcher's sign if the other team, you know, if the other team's using them too, then because then, then it turns into a really... then it turns into a uh, NFL headset coaching situation where the both teams have the wrist guards on, but Vanderbilt has both teams buzzer signs going to their wrist guards, <laughs> and then Vanderbilt yeah. knows what pitches are coming. You know what I mean? Like it'll yeah. start getting uh, not that they're doing that. It's just there's always people that are always going to find a way. I don't love it. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. I don't love it, but I understand the pace of play thing. I'd be more okay with it, I think, if it was just the pitcher and the catcher, because that would just like get things going and make things a little bit easier, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's not no. my favorite. It's just, it's not. Also, it's not my favorite. Also, I do, there's something to be said like about like I don't know. Sometimes I guess it just really depends on the team too, because sometimes it's just like a catcher, the catcher and the pitcher get on the same page. Sometimes it's all pitching coach. Sometimes. It's, uh, pitcher and catcher well that's the other thing to too with maybe so we won't like, you, see it as much the, how's, the fucking, how's the you know is the is the catcher if the pitcher shakes him off is the catcher scrolling yeah like, yeah you know what i mean that's you the them, other that thing really just defeats the whole pace of play thing yeah that's the other thing i guess that would maybe take this away from happening in professional baseball or major league baseball the, the pitching coach in that in the big leagues is not calling pitches my god is he not calling pitches and not only is the pitching coach not calling pitches, the catcher most of the time is throwing down signs, but he's not calling pitches either. He'll throw down a curveball, and you see guys shake four or five fucking times because they want a specific pitch in a specific spot. So maybe that'll be one of the deterrents of this device thing. But 
I don't know. Maybe the pitcher will have it on. Maybe the pitcher, maybe Jacob DeGrom will have one on his wrist, like an Apple watch, and he'll punch in fastball away. And then the catcher will see it and be like, okay, here it comes. Right? I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know what it's going to go towards, but I don't love it. So we'll uh, we'll see where that goes. But more, than, more importantly, college baseball is underway. Go watch college baseball if you don't. It's a little bit harder to get access to, but you know what? Find a way because these these kids are really good. The level of play is really good. And, you know, it's important to support the kids like this because there's a shit ton of college baseball teams and a shit ton of kids and a shit ton of players that get overlooked, you know, don't get enough time or or recognition that they should. Whereas if you're a top, you know, power five if you're a power five college basketball player and you're pretty good, you're going to get enough notoriety to get yourself to the next level at a pretty easily. But if you're a power five pitcher, if you're a, a Friday night starter at fuck, I don't even know wake forest, you know, or, yeah. or Maryland or somewhere like that, like you're not going to get the notoriety that the starting shooting guard would get at, wake forest or maryland or whatever and maybe that's just basketball in general versus base i don't know but i think well i think here's i think here's like the the argument on that for me is that baseball is it takes so much fucking long one you got the high school kids too and then you got the college kids so there's like two different like drafts basically right you know you have two different player pools at least and then I think the thing that fucking makes baseball stars in college disappear a little, little bit is the fact that like so many motherfuckers get drafted, go up there, Truth. they could be a top, they could be a first round pick, and then like you never actually see them play for the team Truth. because they whatever they go to the minor leagues and shit doesn't work out, they get injured, whatever the fuck it is. Yep. But like you're not like I think the appeal is that like there's know, other sports back, that like, go from RJ college Barrett to NBA. And, like, yeah, RJ RJ Barrett and like Zion Williamson where you they were like you're watching them play at Duke knowing that they were going to be playing in the NBA the next year. Like yes. you're, you're getting the direct transition. I think that that's where like the reason that there's so much more of a star is when, when like you could think about if a college kid was like the, the, you know, the four hole at Florida and he fucking hit 25 jacks or whatever. And you were thinking, Oh shit, if he gets drafted to my team, he'll be, in the lineup he'll work his way in the lineup it, next yeah, year he's he's it's, yeah he's drafted in 2022 in july as a junior in college so maybe we'll see him in 2025 you know like that's it, yeah. hard that is hard i agree with you a hundred percent on that that's so why it makes it yeah, even more impressive when wow. you see yeah well yeah and like you said too i think baseball baseball is more of a sport too in general where there the margin how do i even put this the conversion rate from top draft picks to successful big leaguers is probably the the smallest uh, of any sport. Would you say? I mean, the top. If you took all the first rounders in the NBA from last year, mm-hmm. all the first rounders from the MLB draft last year, and all the first rounders from the NFL, like you said, all the first rounders in the NFL will be on that NFL team that they were drafted to the next season for sure. And they will get an opportunity to contribute to that team. Same with the NBA guys. They're not going to go straight to the G league unless they're like literally garbage, but they're not because they're first rounders. You go through a first round draft class from let's just say 2012 or 2011, right? 10, 12 years ago, there's going to be 34 picks in the round and five or six of them are going to be actual contributing big leaguers like that's crazy that's definitely crazy but 
So I agree with you on that. I think that's it's an important point. But either way, college baseball is really fun to watch. So tune in if you don't. If you don't want to watch, you know, the small market, you know, whatever you want to say, the smaller teams or whatever, tune into a Vanderbilt game. I mean, for fuck's sake, at one point in last, whether it was last year or the year before, they had three first round draft picks in their rotation or, you know, at one point or another, Jack Leiter, definitely going to be one of those guys who's going to contribute at the big league level, right? You know that for for sure. Kumar Rocker had kind of a weird draft thing going on. He'll probably end up being close, if not a big leaguer at some point. So, you know, it is what it is. Watch college baseball. If you don't want to, that's fine, but you're stupid. So um, it's not a big deal, whatever. Uh, But uh, yeah, so the next topic we wanted to get into And this is something that we wanted to make more of a habit of uh, as the season goes on, like we mentioned before about baseball and the lockout. Hopefully by the next time we record or the episode after that, baseball will be settled. All the player pictures will be back up on the websites. I think it is the dumbest thing ever that I'm looking through the active rosters of some of the major league teams and the player pictures just aren't on the website. I think that is like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Nevertheless, today's episode, we're going to be covering the American League East and going to give you our relatively kind of quick preview on where we think each team's going to finish, how each team's season's going to kind of unfold, and how they're looking for the projectable future. So, Jared, if we're going to go alphabetically, as far as region goes in the American league East, the first team we have to start with, it's not the most fun team uh, to talk about, I guess. Um, Baltimore Orioles, Jared, it's not, it's not the most fun team to talk about looking through their depth chart, looking through their pitching staff names that jump out at you. John means no hitter. Um, Cedric Mullins, Trey Mancini, good player. Ryan Mountcastle, good player. Apparently, Rugnet Odor <laughs> signed with the Orioles. I didn't know that. He's listed on their active roster. Cedric yeah. Mullins, all star, yeah, exceptional yeah, he's, player. He's, he's really good. Ex- exceptional player. That's about it for the yeah, Orioles. Mountcastle, Mount Mountcastle is one of those guys, too. It's like. I mean, that's the thing about them is like they just they play in this division so even they're good players like obviously like you know who cedric mullins is if you follow baseball but like most people probably don't know who he is still like it's not like the yankees and like that's, that's the thing this division is so fucking tough you got to play these guys you got to play these guys so many times right and like you're, we're talking about a division where this is by far the worst team in the division yes by far the other the other four teams in it three of them won 90 games and one of them won 100 right yeah let's take a look at the 2021 uh mlb standings the american league east was the rays who won 100 they won it by eight games yankees with 92 wins red sox with 92 wins blue jays with 91 wins yeah so like like loaded loaded in that that division that's fucking ridiculous and like so like sorry but the orioles are not they're not gonna be able to compete Of course. Right. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows the Orioles are not going to be able to compete this year. The good news, if you're an Orioles fan, is that 
in the top 100 prospects right now, they have five guys. They have five dudes in the top 100, which is a big yeah. number. Not Exciting. only not only is it is it five guys, but they have the number one prospect in baseball in Adley Rutschman. Adley Rutschman has been up to AAA. There's no, there is absolutely no reason why Adley Rutschman should not be in the big leagues at some point this year. There's absolutely no reason. He's a six foot two, two hundred twenty pound switch hitting catcher who has done very well. He last year, Jared, on two different teams, he hit. He had a 397 on base. He hit 285. He had 23 home runs in 123 games. That's a really, really good year. And he is a catcher. Yeah, Dude, catcher. he is a catcher. A lot, of times, a, lot, a lot of times catchers, like, feel like with catchers, they just, it's like kind of a wash. Dude, it's just like an empty spot in the lineup for so many they'll teams. Just take you, yeah, they'll just take you. Uh, and then, uh, there's like some good hitting catchers in the league, obviously. But it's For like, a lot of teams, there is, yes. Yeah, but but it's like you have some teams where it's like it's basically just another pitcher spot. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's, so, what, that's what it feels like. No, for sure. So, I mean, it's exciting. You have Grayson Rodriguez in double A. He's the number eight overall prospect. Their next closest is DL Hall at 72 in the top 100. He's already been up to the big leagues. So you're starting to slowly see that sort of transition, right? Orioles are doing it the way that a lot of teams have done where you kind of get that base. I wouldn't be surprised to see Cedric Mullins signing some sort of extension in the next year or two because the Orioles want to keep him around. They want to build up again. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. But if you're an Orioles fan, it's going to be another tough year. You know it's going to be another tough year. More than anything, just root for your team to spoil you know, the other teams, spoil the Yankees if they come to town. And otherwise, root for your prospects to get called up and to have success, early success. So... Sorry, Orioles. It's going to be another tough year for you guys, but there's a lot to look forward to. Finishing position for the Baltimore Orioles, Jared. Fifth. Last. Correct? Yeah. Last yeah, place. Last place. Next on the list, again, going alphabetically based on location, the Boston Red Sox, Jared. Interesting team here. Very interesting team. A lot of talent. A lot of depth in some areas a lot of a little bit of lacking depth in other areas looking at their active roster going through it pointing out names that stick out to me personally these aren't necessarily maybe superstars or maybe even all-stars but guys that stick out to me matt barnes great bullpen arm ryan brazier good bullpen arm nathan avaldi great starter Garrett Rich Whitlock Hill. Not, Garrett Whitlock was really nice last year. Yeah, Rich Hill. Uh, Rich Hill, older, but you know, veteran presence. Um, Tanner Huck, I think is how you say it, or Hauk. I'm not really sure. I, I, I thought it was. I thought it was Huck. Tanner like, Huck. Sure. H O U C K. Good bullpen arm. Yeah. James Paxton. No, Huck's Huck's a starter for them. I think. Is he? Yeah, he was a starter last year for him. He was nasty. He had. 18 games 13 starts so he came out of the pen a little bit of, yeah a little bit of both a little bit of both yeah um i think he started in the pen and then they were like you could start and so he started uh so we're both yeah garrett whitlock solid looking at their infield or i guess their catchers to start again this is actually kind of similar to what you mentioned not that christian vasquez is a bad hitting catcher like horrible but mm. kind of one of those teams where it's like you're not going to get a whole lot of the catcher spot not a big deal because you flip over to the infield. <laughs> Maybe one of the best infields 
in this division, maybe if not the best, just strictly alone from the left side of the infield. Xander at short, mm. Rafi Devers at third. Beasts. Yeah, Beasts. Kike Hernandez. Kike oh, Hernandez. Gonna, they, have, they, don't, they don't have him at second, do they? Well, he plays second sometimes. He plays he? second all the time, but he's listed as an outfielder on their roster. I'm a, yeah, I, they, have him on, they have him in left field on here, but I, I feel like I watched him play second quite a bit. But. Yeah. Then they just made a trade. They traded Hunter Renfro to the Brewers right before the lockout started for Jackie Bradley. So they have Jackie Bradley Jr. back uh, in the outfield. They have Jaron Duran, super young guy. Kike Hernandez obviously tore it up in the postseason last year. J.D. Martinez, freak. Verdugo, really solid. The Red Sox mm-hmm. are, are a good team. They're just a very, a very good team. I, you know what? But, I'm, I'm gonna, but last I, year, I Jared, miss, they, they won 92 games. I, I miss Hunter Infra for them. I think I Hunter Infra is like one of those one of those big power bats because selfishly, have... Jared, I miss Hunter Renfro on the Padres. I don't know what the fuck they ever were doing letting go of him. I always thought he was going to be super hits, productive. Guy hits tanks. He's not going to be. He's not going to hit three feet fifteen. He's not going to hit two fifteen or two eighty five. But he's going to hit thirty five home runs a year. If he plays every day, he will hit thirty five jacks a year, no and doubt in my mind. And and you uh, and like that that team kind of needs a little bit more of that because like not not like like Devers and uh, Bogarts aren't like huge home run hitters, but like. I think that's just another power bat. They have like a good mix. I like they have like some contact guys, you know, and some power guys. And I thought like Renfro was like a good fit. Like obviously, like you have Mar- Mar- uh, JD Martinez, who's an absolute bopper. Devers hits tanks, obviously. Bogarts hits like thirty home runs a year too. But it's like I liked that bat in that lineup with like I don't know. I just I just thought I that was, yeah, that letting him letting him go was uh, not not the best move, especially because like. Jackie Bradley Jr. like great defensively, but like he's not a he's not gonna hit that well for you. Yeah. Um another guy that's not listed on this roster, I don't know if it's because he's hurt or oh no, he's right there. Chris Sale, dude. Chris Sale, star, stud when he's healthy, beast, absolute beast. Yeah. If if the Red Sox were to make any additions or improvements, where do you think? Besides obviously catcher, right? You could always use a better catcher. I think their um, infield is good. I think their outfield is great. I think their starting rotation is you can't ask for much more than of course, you know, a superstar, some random addition. I like Yeah, um I just want to see I, I want to see Bobby Dalb like Bobby Dalbuck had a good year. I just want to see him take like that next step and I think like obviously he's a Colorado guy so I have like I'm I'm rooting Bias, for him, you know. Right. I just I just want to see way. I want to see him just I just want to see him take that next step where like like what do you I think he, he still hit like he hit like 25 home runs I think this year last year. Um it's just like when he's not hitting a home run, you know. Let's see. He hit 240, which isn't like terrible, but it's not like What was he a rookie though? Uh, no, well, I don't know. Was he a rookie last year? I know he played the year. Oh, before. he played in 2020, he's, but I don't know if it counted towards his uh rookie towards, like, eligibility rookie status or yeah. whatever, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, so he hit. I think. Let's see how did he hit last year? I think yeah, looking that, at yeah, he he hit twenty five jacks and, and seventy eight RBIs. That's a, I mean that's a damn good year. It is. And and he and he only had four hundred seventeen at bats, so he like didn't play in about thirty games. So you're talking about a guy that actually might have been a you know thirty home run hundred RBI guy if he plays the full year. So I mean I think that like if he takes that next step, you know, which he he probably will. Um, Though that team is stacked. Absolutely. Um, don't love I don't love Jackie Bradley Jr. 
I don't think he's going to start um, for them. I don't. I, I think it'll be Verdugo. Yeah, they, they have him. You know, Verdugo, but they have Verdugo. They have JD Martinez. Yeah, line, JD like, will play left. The, he's going to be the. He's, no, they have him as a DA. Actually, like, keep, Jackie will role. start. He'll hit eight. He'll hit eight or nine, though. He'll hit eight or nine. Yeah. And he's a good defender. But, I mean, he's good to have out there, right? He's a really good defender. So, yeah. I think if they're going to make any improvements, and we should have touched this on this with the, the, the Orioles, but we know they just. They need improvements so, everywhere. So, yeah, so here's here's the issue with uh, with Bradley Jr. He had, last year with the Brewers, he had 387 at bats. He batted 163. Oh no, he's a terrible offensive player. Terrible. That's I like, mean, like bad. But what if? I mean, I feel like he's going to come back to Fenway and kick back in a little bit, get more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe. I just feel like you're. I mean, in this particular division. Yeah, you can't have like that. If you you really some of these. Well, I guess the Yankees have a couple holes, but we'll get to them next. I'm taking. Let's say where where they're gonna finish. I think. Wait, hold on Red quickly. Sox... I'll say the oh. thing they need to add is bullpen, because looking through their yeah, bullpen, they, they have Matt them. Barnes, who's a good closer. What? Brazier, Brazier, excuse me. Josh Taylor's a decent lefty arm. Garrett Whitlock is okay. No, Whitlock's Whitlock's nasty. Okay, but they could use a, another solid back end bullpen guy. Yeah, Whitlock, Whitlock had a Whitlock, ridiculous Whitlock. year last yeah, year. My yeah, God. Yeah, he's a sub too. He's just one of those guys you haven't heard his name enough yet. And this is back to our back to our exactly back to our conversation about why college baseball doesn't get a lot of notification or not of a lot of notoriety. Garrett Whitlock, 18th round pick out of University of Alabama, Birmingham. Like what? And he had a 1.96 ERA last year. Yeah, he was he was sick in 46 games. Fuck, like that's crazy. But they could still use a bullpen arm. I'm not saying they need to add Liam Hendricks or Craig Kimbrell, but Another solid bullpen piece, I think, puts them in a really, really good spot. Because the rotation, dude, Chris Sale, Evaldi, Pavetta, Tanner Houck. Maybe if you want to add another starter, too, again, again a back-end guy. Because right now they have Connor Seabold listed as their five-starter. Probably not ideal for them. But, I mean, hey, it is what it is. I think the Red Sox finishing position, Jared, what do you got? I think they're going to finish third in this division. Okay. I have I the Red Sox finish there. I have the Red Sox finishing third, also third in this division, and that's hard to that's hard to say. It, it's and it's like you know that what I mean. Doesn't mean like, they won't like, make the playoffs. Talking, we're talking about their we're talking about their overall the overall standings. They were all within like two games. So like this, these are fucking these are coin flip toss up, almost picking where they're actually going to yes. end up finishing. Yes. I just think like with that team and like we'll we'll obviously cover the other three teams in the division, but like with some of the with some of the, like the you know improvements that these other teams have made like especially like in their pitching staffs um i think that's kind of like the difference for me is like i don't know what to expect out of chris hale or chris, chris sale, sale this year yep um you know pavetta and rich hill like these guys are like like evaldi's obviously nasty pavetta rich hill of all the man Hubs injuries gone. chris yeah, sale injuries just, if one or two know. of those guys go down man it's hard to rely on nick pavetta you know what i mean yeah as like your guy and like he's a great pitcher, but like right. he's got to he right. needs to be like their number three guy. Yep. So we got the Red Sox for uh, third. Now that doesn't mean they won't make the playoffs, Jared, because that's exactly how it unfolded last year. They finished third in the division, uh, hosted the wild card game and beat the Yankees and made it all the way to the ALCS. No, they beat the Rays in the first round. So yeah, they went to the ALCS and then they lost to the Astros. But dude, that's yeah, still I mean it's a great year. That was Kike Hernandez was just turned into a fucking uh, video was, he, game. Yeah, he was un- he was unconscious. He, yeah, he had a ridiculous postseason. So that's the Red Sox. We got them finishing third. The next 
team alphabetically, Jared. The next team in the American League East. The Bronx Bombers. The New York Yankees. Yep. A lot to unpack with this team. Yeah, it's hard to know. Hard to know what this team is right now. DJ kind of had a down year last year. He did. Like, obviously, they like they have these, like, one, you see... You see the Yankees names everywhere. You know, like you know what I mean? Like they're all they're always on TV. It's one of the, like the greatest franchises. Big market you know, team. You know, the best it is the best. They have the most championships, obviously, but it's like the, one of the best like franchises in all of sports. Yep. You know what I mean? It's a, in a huge market. Um but I think this team has weaknesses because here's here's my here's my issue with this team. One, you, you you definitely run into your injuries. You got John. It feels like John Carlo every year is going to get plays, hurt at some point. Plays ninety games a year. Yeah, you know DJ DJ is probably the or he is the best peer hitter on this team. Him and Aaron Judge are. Aaron Judge obviously a freak. You know, um, when he gets going, he's as good as anybody could be in baseball. My issue with this team is like it's like it's like when you're playing MLB the Show. And you stack you stack your lineup with all guys that just have 99 power, but they're not like the best fucking contact guys. Like literally, like some of these guys are those guys. You'd have like Stanton and you know, um, you know, Joey Gallo. And like my issue is it's all pop. Gary Sanchez, pop, you know, uh Luke Voigt, like ridiculous pop. Joey Gallo, pop, but there's like whole, tons of holes and ways to get him out. Yes, you know. Yes. Uh, Aaron Aaron Hicks was gone last year. Aaron, Aaron Judge, like I said, very pure hitter. That guy can do it all. You know, he's like, he seems like a guy that might get three hits in the night and you know, a double, a, a rocket single up the middle and a home run, you know? But like some of these other guys, it feels like they're one for four guys. They're they're one for four with, they're either one for four with the home run or they're 0 for four with three Ks. And that's what like, like I kind of, that's how I feel about Void. It's one for four it's with a home run that's... and three Ks. That's literally what yeah, each guy exactly. is. Yeah. And, or you know Gary Sanchez that way too. Like he might hit, he might hit two home runs one night, but he might go over four for three games in a row. And that's what that's the issue I have with this team. And last year, where you really saw their weakness, and like and like Gio Urshela is a pretty good player too. Like he just kind of flies under the radar on this team though, because the other guys have bigger names. Uh, Glaber obviously had a ridiculous year two years ago, and then he had just fell off the fucking map last year. Disappeared. Like Ten home runs or some shit. He disappeared. Just, like, and like, and he's and he's not a shortstop. Nope. So like he he's so they struggle with the defensive side with him. Um so that this team has like a lot of a lot more holes and then they spent so much fucking money on Garrett Cole that they don't I don't love their starters here. Oh I, no, I don't love their know? starters. I think I think their starting rotation is a big focal point for them. And I think they're going to probably go after another guy. And yeah. they should because if you if you map out their rotation this year, they have a lot of options under rotation. These are all guys that either i guess maybe have started or projected to possibly start games this year but garrett cole jordan montgomery severino man when he's healthy great but again health issues like is he gonna pitch yeah, i haven't seen him in like two years luis heel luis heel gil is by the way the 94th prospect in baseball he's one of their four they have four in the top 100 he was nasty. He came out. He made his debut. He was throwing bullets, dude. hundred and fucking miles an hour. He was nasty. Now, can you get by, though, if you go with Garrett Cole, Jordan Montgomery, Domingo Herman, Luis Heel, and then, like, Jamison Tyone? Like, they have, you know, it's yeah. just, it's yeah, not. No, it's just that it, it doesn't, it's just not, 
like they're it's the Yankees, the, man. Like they need to yeah, have it's not the sexiest rotation. Like obviously Garrett Cole is going to be a freak, but you know Garrett Cole gave up some nukes last year, and it's like when he's not fucking like rolling, rolling. It's like dude, when like, you took away the sticky gonna... shit from him, as like, is the when, case when with the... a lot of guys, dude. He is kind of a sticky merchant, dude. He he after they cracked down on it, he's he was still, still really good. Case. He was he's still, still really good. His case, but he gave up. He gave up a lot of fucking home runs last year. I think he actually might have been like a, he, he was like in the top. 10 in the league obviously he's a beginning guy right right and he's playing at yankee stadium a lot so but that doesn't let me ask you there but let me ask you jared when you're paying a guy 30 million bucks a year to start games and he goes i'm not i'm listen i'm reading off stats here but when i say wins and losses i don't hold a lot of value in that but he went 16 and 8 he had a 3.2 era 30 starts which is great 243 punch outs really good and a 1.06 whip i mean it's a good year but is that a is that 30 million a year because that's what that's other guys are making that's what well, scherzer's that's, making that's and he's he's yeah, yeah and those guys are like those guys are like in the lower twos you know and like he like i said he got tuned up by the fucking long ball last year garrett cole is just like one of the like yeah he is probably he is a 30 million dollar year guy you know he's got he's got the punch outs he's got the consistency he's healthy you know like that's that's just kind of what a pitcher of that status and that capability and like like commands at this point in big leagues. He, you know, he's a bona fide for ace, sure, really for sure. So like Garrett Cole's sick, but it's like you look at who else they have. And it's like if Severino, if Severino could come back, you know, this Jonathan uh, Lasaga guy, Loisaga, Loisaga, Loisaga. Is that how you said? Yeah, I've it's John, Jonathan Loisaga. They call him Johnny Lasagna in New York because yeah. <laughs> because dude, he's fucking good. I've watched dude. him pitch and he's he's nasty. And I wouldn't like I don't know if he was like a starter of the minors or like what his whole story is, but like I wouldn't hate to see him sneak into that uh, that starting five. I have, I see him listed here as a as a relief pitcher. I would not hate to see him sneak in there. Oh yeah, as a starter. If if he has if he has that type of capability, I don't know, I don't know if know he does. He... And then they have Chapman. Their bullpen's pretty good. Chapman, Chad Green, yeah. you know Zach Britton. Yeah. It's solid guys. So they have four prospects in the top 100. The only guy quickly I wanted to touch on was Jason Dominguez. He's the number 17 prospect uh, for the Jason. Yankees. What Jason? Yeah, he's, he Jason. he's 19 years old. He's a switch hitting short or outfielder, and. He's supposed to be pretty good. I don't know if we're going to see him this that probably won't see him in the big leagues anytime soon. I've heard he's I've heard he's an absolute like I've heard like I've heard he's, he's built like a free. I've rock. heard yeah. He is. He's fucking huge. He's mm-hmm. I've seen him before. I have actually like a follow on Instagram, but he fucking has He's listed he at has 510. Pop. 510 190? Yeah, like, no he, way. Yeah, no, no he's got to be like 220. <laughs> Dude, he's crazy. a tank. So hey, um, Yankees Yeah, that'd be exciting to see him if he comes up. Yankees projected finishing spot in this division this year dude if like i said man they, if if i if we can't get a fucking pure hitting year out of dj and glaber doesn't bounce back and we can't like like there's those some slight health concerns you know with like like stanton like they have they weren't they, it was tough for them to keep everything together last year i watched this team like not live up to their potential because they could never keep everyone in the same lineup and like when you had fucking when you had uh kyle higashioka tyler wade and um brett gardner and fucking who was the other guy i can't think of 
uh, uh, Odor, when yeah. those guys would come up in the lineup, they would stack those top five guys, and you're like, oh, shit, there's a chance to do something. And if there, there could be guys on base, and I felt like it was an automatic fucking 0 for 4 at the end of that lineup is what it felt like. like yeah. So if, if they could stay healthy, there's potential there. But just because of those things, and, and like I said, it's the fucking 1 for 4 home run team, I'm picking the Yankees. This is really tough to do, but I'm picking them to finish fourth in this division. That's how good this division is. I agree. I agree. And we're and we're coin flipping. I'm not saying that they're not going to win games because they have they have the talent. But I'm thinking that I I think that the Yankees in this specific division, and when we talk about these other teams, the other the other two teams, like we'll be able to break down why I think they're as good as they are. But like I just don't. I see the other teams winning more games than the Yankees or yeah. So I, I'm taking I my fourth. I have, I have the Yankees finishing fourth as well. And that's really tough because there's a lot of Yankees fans. And it's hard to say, but yeah, no, it's just like, give me that team healthy. Give me that team fucking fully healthy for a full year. Give me a Glaber bounce back and a DJ bounce back year. If DJ you and Glaber bounce back and, and they and, have a little bit more they, consistent production they, from the boppers, they will finish second. They will absolutely yeah, finish second they, in this division. They, this is a this is a team that can score fucking ten runs a game like that. Especially if they play at Yankee Stadium. These guys fucking just these guys can launch the ball. I mean, they missed Aaron Hicks last year too. We didn't really talk about him, but like Aaron Hicks is another guy that you actually you need in that lineup. And it's like if you can spread out the bop the, the, the boppers a little bit, you know, and give you some higher average guys, get, get DJ in there, you know, like hitting two hole like you probably should be um right. you know it's like the, yeah this team easily could i mean they could fucking win the division correct like they really could but like it's just there's too many question marks in the air and that's why the, the i'm taking them finishing fourth this year i agree i agree with you okay so that's the yankees the next team alphabetically jared weird team every year i can never put my fucking finger on what this team does but the tampa bay rays are in this American League East division. And you would think by now that the Rays would have earned enough respect to where people would be like, this this is the best team in that division. But, like, dude, you just look at their team, and they're just, like, not that good on paper. Like, there's just... On, on paper, yeah. There's they just, like, nobody fucking... there. There's nobody... There's a lot of, like, solid guys or young guys or guys that could certainly contribute. But, like, looking at their bullpen, just let's just look at their bullpen. Andrew Kittredge, Peter Fairbanks, J.P. Fireisen, Matt Whistler. Like, who the fuck are these guys? I mean, we know who they are, right? We know Andrew Kittredge is really good. We know Peter Fairbanks can be good. That's the Rays' MO, though, is finding guys that nobody really knew much about and turning them into super productive contributors. Yeah, and then like their their lineup kind of does that. So they're so one thing that does get me kind of excited about their their team is their fucking their starting. I do like their starting rotation. I mean, it's a lot of these are these are a lot of guys that like haven't like McClanahan had a really good year last year. But when I watched him pitch, sometimes I was like, well, this guy's could be a fucking real ace. The Shane Baz guy, the number the Dude, number two nasty. that they have listed right here. So Shane he Baz, like a fucking he throws a hundred. So Shane Baz, and this is this is on the topic of their prospects. They have five in the top hundred. Another really good number. Shane Baz is number 19 overall prospect, got up to the big leagues. Vidal Brujan, who we know from probably mostly the MLB The Show. That's how a lot of people know him because he was a good prospect card. Vidal Brujan got up to the big leagues. He is a switch-hitting infielder, outfielder, really good contributor. 
Xavier Edwards, another prospect. He's number 70. But they have five five prospects, and three of them are going to be big league contributors, uh, you know, definitely soon. Yeah. Is Patino on that list? Luis Patino is a big leaguer now, so he's now, he, yeah, he's so he's not a prospect list. list. He, he was just he was just a top prospect like not too long ago for the right? Padres and, and the Padres traded yeah. right. So, yeah, so then you have you have uh, Corey Kluber sitting in that four spot, which is like a guy that's like okay, like he's not like, he's obviously past his prime, but he's still a guy that like as a as a fourth starter, like I don't hate it at all. Yeah, the, the Rays are just a classic team where a week or two will go by. And they roll out a rotation of Shane McClanahan, Corey Kluber, Shane Baz, Patino, Ryan Yarbrough, and then they go with a, a an opener for one of their games, and they do that for yeah. two weeks, and they'll play thirteen games, and they'll go ten and three, or eleven and two, yeah. and you're like, what the fuck? Like, how are they doing that? Their lineup is pretty good. I'll give you that. Randy Rosarena, beast. Austin yeah. Meadows, solid pop. Uh, looking at their infielders, dude, Wander Franco, holy shit, he is fucking good. Wander Franco yeah, is really fucking good. good. Brandon Lau, dude, holy shit. Oh, this, Brandon Lau, solid. really solid. G-Man Choi or Yandy Diaz platooning at first base, solid options. And this is a team where they have so many moving parts and platoon guys and not... The, there's a very few guys, I feel like, that are like guaranteed to play 155 games a year. Yeah. Very few well, guys. Mean, you know what? Like this is almost a kind of like the same point that we had about um that we were just talking about the Yankees, but almost opposite. They have all big boppers of the Yankees. It's one for four with the home run. One yep. for four with the home run in three Ks. This team's like the fucking opposite to me. This team is like everybody on MLB the show is probably between the rating of like in their starting lineup is probably literally between the rating of, of 80 and 84, and like 80, 80, yeah, 89, maybe like at the top, you know, like you might have a Wander Franco get rated at like 89. because he's Right. If you're talking about like, like diamond they players, have, they have like two, you know? Yeah. They have like two. Yeah. They have like two and like, <laughs> really like you look at it, you're like, like you probably have like Randy Rosarina that might get like a diamond player. Right. You know, this 85. Yeah. Or, and like maybe like a Shane McClanahan 91, like something crazy like that, but, or like, or Yandi, or not Yandi Diaz, but like uh, Wander Franco. But it's like this team is just like it's full of those guys that like not, like uh, you're probably not going to see fucking any of these guys hit 45 home runs. But you probably have some guys in the 20s and maybe get a guy to 30. But like everyone's going to be hitting like above 265. Yes, is what it's going to feel like. They're going to play some fucking team ball defense, you know, they're gonna dude. Get, they're they're going to yeah, they play some good D. They're going to pitch. They're going to pitch it well. Dude, and you they're look gonna in their outfield. You look at their outfield. Runs. Right. You look in their outfield. Randy Rosarena is probably going to be one of those guys who plays the most. But they they have so much depth, dude. Vidal Brujan is going to be a serious big league contributor. Vidal Brujan, pretty much a rookie. Brett Phillips can't hit that great. Plays great defense. Manuel Margot, not the greatest hitter. Plays great defense. Like that's just. I feel like all their guys are fucking like that. They're not the best hitters, but they play solid defense and they'll contribute when they get the opportunity to do it. And it's like every year they get, they get all their guys to just buy in, and they pay their whole team what the Yankees are paying Garrett Cole, and they finish first. I don't get it. But at this point, you have to give them the credit that they deserve. So, for me, Jared, I have the Rays winning this division again. That's what I have. You know, I, I love that. And I don't, you know, like, like, like we just talked about, like, 
um you know like it's one of the, it's one of those divisions it's kind of a flip of a coin but like i'm so so high i've already named off whoever who i've mentioned so far so it's not gonna surprise you but like i'm so high on the blue jays right now and the, what that what that team has yep that i'm taking i'm taking tampa bay to fit it to finish, finish second, second. okay yep. that's fair and I think, that's fair i think tampa bay or uh, toronto is because uh, obviously that's the last spot i have is number one and um i would i mean we could break down that team we'll break down obviously we're gonna break down that team next but like i'm taking toronto to win it and then raise to finish second okay okay that's totally fair totally fair um and again as we continue to do uh with this entire podcast we nail these transitions because the last team on this on this list of ALE's teams is the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes, sir. And this team, this team, before we get into the actual, bi- before we get into the actual big league roster, the only knock I would have on them is that they don't quite have the prospect depth that these other teams have. It's not bad, mm-hmm. but they only have three guys in the top 100. Gabriel Moreno is a catcher. He's he's had a lot of big league time. You got Arelvis Martinez, shortstop third baseman, and Jordan Groshan, shortstop third baseman, up to AAA. All of them are really young. All of them are under 22. So that's good if you're the Blue Jays. You got some decent guys that are possibly contributors. Looking at the Blue Jays' big league roster, this team is fucking good. Good. So good. If they could make improvements before we get into the entire team, I think the Blue Jays need to add bullpen bullpen help. Yep. They need bullpen yep. help. Because no, looking abs- at their bullpen, absolutely. they have Jordan Romano, who was a good pitcher for him last year, Yimmy Garcia, David Phelps, Adam Simber, uh, Nate Pearson's that young guy who throws bullets, Ross Stripling. You know, that, that might be their biggest weakness besides, as is the most case for teams, like we mentioned, catcher. Their catcher situation yeah. right now, Danny Jansen, Alejandro Kirk, not great, right? Not great. Yeah. The rest of their team is just fucking loaded, dude. Loaded. Yeah, and I, the one thing I really miss from this team last year is obviously Marcus, Marcus Simeon going to the the Rangers. But Simeon hit like fucking 40 jacks, like 45 jacks last year. The guy was unreal. Yes. And like that, that is the glaring like spot that like, when I look at this one that like there's that small little hole in my heart from well, like, this team last year, this team was fucking freakish last year. I mean, every basically good on every single, every, every single position. It's like, they're like obviously known for, you know, the, the former big, the former big league star sons. You know, right. You know, right. You got, right. You got Biggio, Kevin Biggio, Guerrero and Bichette. Um, I don't think we, I don't think Biggio's made nearly Quite the splash a, the other two have right. yet but like he might you know this might be the year for him um obviously like guriel jr is, is a pretty solid like they have like these boppers the two that like like teoscar hernandez hits the fuck out of the ball you know gritchick is another guy that's like like a 20 home run guy um you know he's just a very solid guy like wherever you stick him in your lineup he's going to be able to produce springer is obviously a freak and dude. like still kind of in his prime and dude, going to their lineup the full year besides catcher. No, and besides catcher, dude, besides catcher, I feel like you could put a lot of these guys in a lot of different spots. And this is a team where you're like, you know what? I don't really give a shit where certain guys play. If you have that hole at in the infield somewhere, that's fine because you could put, you know, you're losing, you lose Simeon, 
It's a big loss. It's a big, big loss. You still have Vlad Jr., dude, who's going to be vying for MVP. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is a great hitter. Bo Bichette, monster. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, dude, so dude, good. Dude, Teoscar Hernandez, like, that's a, that's a name that, like, most people probably wouldn't know. Like, you might if you're, like, obviously follow baseball, but, like, if, if you're not, like, you've heard of fucking, like, Joey Gallo and, you know, like, like Stanton, like, way more than you've heard of Teoscar Hernandez, but, like, yep. Teoscar Hernandez hit 296 last year. I think he was, he was an all star. With 32 jacks and, and finished third in the American League in RBIs with 116. He's a beast. That's and then a you fucking, have, that's a freak. That's a freak season. Dude, if you go through their their defensive, this is in no particular batting order, but you go Vlad at let's go, let's go Guriel at first, because he's only listed at at first right now, or DH. Guriel at first. You can go Biggio at second, Bo Bichette at short, Vlad at third. Springer in center, Teoscar Hernandez in right, and uh, Grichik in left. Like, that is a ridiculous lineup. That is a ridiculous lineup. They're all so everybody that we've named, you basically named. Let's see. And anybody who so didn't Vlad, make that is going to DH. Vlad was 311 with 48 home runs, right? It's a ridiculous season. <laughs> so, Vlad, Vladimir Guerrero actually had less. RBIs than Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah, because he was funny? he was hitting second for most of the year. Yeah, but it's like funny because it's like, and then you got Bo Bichette. So Bichette's got 29 jacks. Guriel had like 22. Springer had 24. Grichik had 24. Hernandez had 29. Everybody in the fucking lineup could absolutely fucking swing it. And then like, and then you bounce over to the oh, rotation. That got, yeah, got, I was about to say, Gosman. who's going to be starting from him? Who starts opening day for the Blue Jays? Ryu, Barrios, or Gosman? My God. Or dude, and, and like, don't sleep on fucking Alec Manoa. Obviously, he's probably not going to be the opening day guy. But Alec Manoa is fucking ridiculous last year. Like, as the, as your number four guy in the in in your rotation right now, like that's what you have listed. Oh, don't mind me. Don't mind uh, him. He just went nine and two with a three two ERA last year. Yeah, it's almost fucking. It's almost Garrett Cole numbers. Obviously, he didn't punch out quite as many guys. I don't even know how many. He only started twenty games though. One hundred eleven innings pitch, one hundred twenty seven Ks. Like. With a three point two ERA, and that's your number four guy, and he's only going to get better. You know, Dude. you get Gosman. That was a damn, a damn near a Cy Young yep. candidate last year. Right? Like he, he finished. Yeah, he was in top five. Yeah, top five. Right. He was fourteen and six, the two eight last and year. And not only that, like, dude, but they have that might be your op- that might be your opening day guy just because the season was so good. Not only that, they have Ryu. Obviously, they have Barrios, but more so, they just signed Gosman to a big contract, and they just signed Barrios to a big contract. So. They're set up for success at the top of the rotation and for their their lineup for a long, a good haul. If you're Blue Jays fans, you have to be obviously really excited. Picking them in the division, going across what we've already picked. Jared, you have them first in this division. I have I have them winning this division. I know I know that I don't love their bullpen, and there was times last year I watched that bullpen get fucking shelled, implode, and. Yeah, and they would they would be up eight zero, and then they would lose the game. Yeah, ten to eleven. And like yeah. I, I did see that happen last year, but like I think, you know, having uh, Barrios, but he's he didn't spend the full year there last year. He was like a trade deadline guy, wasn't he? Yes, trade deadline. So so like Barrios, I'm looking for him to have even a better year than he had last year. He didn't have like his best year. I didn't think he's like one of those guys that's just like he's one of those guys that I think like he 
he's going to piece one of those seasons together where he's damn near a Cy Young candidate too. Yep. Like, or like top three, top five type of guy. Yep. Maybe even wins one. Um, I just like that. The top four starters, um, I think that by far my favorite in the division. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The top four. So, uh, like Ryu, and like Ryu is one of those guys that can, you just know, any eater. Get I might get shelled every once in a while, but then he's going to give you seven strong with two hits. You know, yeah, he had and a like, four two. You know, he had a four number three. He had a four three RA last year, but dude, he's a career three point two guy. Like he, yeah. he didn't have a so great he, year last he, year. He bounces back at all. Don't love, don't love the bullpen. This is like in my mind. This is like this lineup is like the Rays lineup on steroids, where it's like everybody's yes. You know, obviously, Vlad, Vlad's like like Vlad and Bo Springer are like just that next step, you know, like they're not yep. the 85 overall. If you're playing MLB the show, these aren't like the 84 goals. These guys, these are diamond players. All diamonds, you know? like yeah. That's the, yeah. So like when you look at this team and, and then you look at that starting rotation, they stay healthy and, and this bullpen can perform. I think they win the division. Um, and that's, that's just strictly, I'm going off of those four starters in the offensive power. Sure. And that's why. I, and I think that this is, this might be their year. I don't see the Yanks having a, a you know, enough, depth or to, like you know they just don't have a team in my mind you know like a consistent team like like this one is you know like you got you have too many guys that are batting fucking in the 220s for me i agree so i have so them, this, is, this is what i'm taking i have the blue jays finishing second in the division behind the rays i had them getting a wild card spot and hosting a wild card game and if they get in the playoffs i think they could definitely make a deep run just because of what we mentioned, you only have three starters in the playoffs. You roll out those three, Ryu, Barrios, and Gosman in no particular order <laughs> with that lineup. I mean, at that point, honestly, you need a good bullpen, but they're, dude, you know they'll make an addition and there's still plenty of free agents available. And there's guys that they're going to make trades for at the deadline, especially, dude, if they, if, if the trade deadline comes around and they're in first place or they're hunting for that first place spot or just a hosted wild like they're going to make trades for for a bullpen guy even if it's a rental right so i have the blue jays finishing second you have them first the, the point is this team's going to be really good and they're going to be sitting at the top of this division competing for a, a world series this year no doubt no doubt um yeah it's a, and and this is i think this is like one of the tightest if i think it probably is the tightest division in baseball I mean, obviously, you have the Orioles, which you can just basically just right. scratch them off this list. But those four teams right there, like we said, like super tight flip, flip of a coin, flip of a coin, who wins the division? It could be it might be for all I know, it's going to be direct opposite. This is just taking my best guess off of looking at those rosters. That, that, that That's how I'm predicting it. Right. Taking, you know, taking Toronto, Tampa, Boston, then New York and then the Orioles. That's my that's my finishing but like you can flip a coin a couple times and raise raise go up yankees stay healthy and they, they slide up to two you know red Sox have an off year and they finish at four you know right. something like that like it can easily but off year by off year i mean 88 games right right you know what i mean yep um so like that's just kind of it's that's a tight division man that's i agree it's, it's a tough one to predict it's a tough one to predict it's fun to talk about that's our that's our coverage on the american league east this year and that'll wrap it up so to finalize, to finalize uh, here, let me put this down. Um, to finalize your division predictions, Jared, five to one, who do you have in AL East? 
on number five, obvi- obvious answer, Baltimore Orioles. Number four, the New York Yankees. Number three, the Boston Red Sox. Number two, the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Toronto Blue Jays are going to win the American League East this year. Okay. I have Orioles five. I have Yankees four. Red Sox three. Blue Jays two. Tampa Bay number one in the American League East this year. So now that we're done with sports, the last topic we want to cover, getting into the more of the uh, the lifestyle type that we want to include in the podcast, right? Uh, nothing to do with sports at all, but more generically to include, uh, to keep everybody entertained. This is a topic we teased at the beginning. Jared, if you had to sit at a table and you had a full spread of every generic breakfast food that you could think of and you had to pick you could only pick three items to put on your plate off of this list off of the following list i'll run through it quickly cereal pancakes eggs to your choice waffles toast french toast smoothie slash fruit pastry of some kind bacon sausage donuts or bagels pick three of those on your plate Oh man. Well, it's this one's this one's tough, but I'm a more of a savory a savory breakfast guy for sure. Okay. So I'm not really like I'm not really into like the pancakes and waffles as much. Okay. Delicious for sure, but like if I have to pick 3 of these, got to take a bagel. Okay. And that, with that, cream that cheese spread. Yeah, you got to that includes spread, right? I can put cream cream cheese or butter oh, yeah. around water. Any okay. any type of bagel okay. too. So if we're going raw bagel, not not trying to raw dog a bagel. Yep. So, so then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the smoothie because there's so much you can do with the smoothie. Yep. You can go, whatever type of different fruits. You know, like kind of, kind of customize it more than a lot of these options on here. And then this one's really tough, um, because there's some of those ones on the list like bacon and sausage that kind of pair with this right. next one I'm picking. But I, I have to take eggs because I love some eggs with some cheese and some salsa or whatever it is on it have to take eggs and it really hurts my feelings to know that i'm not gonna be able to have eggs and bacon together because part of me part of me has almost said fuck the smoothie and said eggs bacon and the bagel that way i have that as an option to make it as a sandwich but sure, but sure. smoothies i do I, I love i love the smoothie in the morning and i'm taking a bagel because give me an, give me a, a dave's killer everything bagel with some cream cheese on it yeah fucking I'm gonna look, I'm in love. And then like give me some scrambled eggs and some cheese and some salsa. And it's like I can't individually pick take bacon because I don't just want a plate of bacon. I can have a plate of eggs. I can't just have a fucking plate of bacon without feeling like shit. Sure. So so that's yeah. that's my three. Yeah. That's a good pick. It's a good list. I think I have two answers on this one. If I'm gonna go calories are not an option or not calories are not a problem something you don't have to consider and i'm not like gonna you're eating them at the airport you're eating them at the airport because like so it doesn't matter right but i have to yeah airport calories don't count so no. i have two i have two ways of looking at this if you're gonna go quick and also get get everything in it i think the classic answer is exactly what you touched on the classic answer to get everything you need just go with a bacon egg and cheese on a bagel yeah. a bacon egg and cheese <laughs> on a bagel that, that sandwich that sandwich smacks it's my undefeated. ass off. 
that sandwich undefeated that sandwich literally smacks my ass off every fucking time every time but so good if i'm gonna go more savory like you mentioned i'm gonna go chocolate chip pancakes mm. with a side of sausage okay and then and then i go probably scrambled eggs on a separate plate so it doesn't touch the fucking syrup because that's disgusting you or you don't want the chocolate or the chocolate. Disturb as much as the, ch- the chocolate would fuck the up. syrup little, little and syrup, the chocolate little syrup hitting the egg it does, uh, that's not uh, i hate when syrup touches my eggs eggs on a separate plate scrambled with the cheese mixed in like you said hot sauce pepper salt little salt sprinkled in so two two choices either straight bacon egg and cheese sandwich on a bagel or more savory i go chocolate chip pancakes with side sausage and then eggs on a separate plate scrambled nice big pile of eggs you really just can't leave eggs out of the out of the equation i feel like eggs is just necessary it's just a a staple it's just a breakfast staple yeah it's necessary and and like and like i think to that same point i love bacon but you could almost interchange sausage with bacon sure sure i'm just a guy where i like to go the bagel bagel eggs bagel eggs with like a like a little sausage patty on there as a sandwich too also great also rips so like (laughs) i wish i could interchange those two but if i'm picking this the three i'm gonna just go egg i mean fuck man it's tough now it makes it makes me makes me want to throw this smoothie out because one of them is just completely smoothie is so much different than everything on this list it is but it's a breakfast you know but it's good though and you probably feel fucking great afterwards exactly no that's the thing is i feel like fucking dog shit every time i have a pile of chocolate chip pancakes at ihop with sausage on the side like oh my god how fat and disgusting that is but whatever tastes so good so (sighs) that is our final final rankings jared of the podcast starting to go a little bit longer here because we're covering a few more topics but we don't really give a shit because that's what we do is we sit here and talk about shit we are experts on everything and we know everything and everybody that listens to us through tiktok or everything else is they're all stupid and they don't know anything and we're the <laughs> just kidding i'm kidding we our opinions literally mean nothing but we want to give them out and that's why we're doing this podcast so if you guys enjoyed it thank you guys for tuning into the podcast listening all the way to the end uh be sure to follow us on our social media channels if you haven't already uh t- add the you know follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening spotify apple youtube subscribe if you're on there follow us on twitch otherwise jared it's always it's always a pleasure We'll get into another MLB division next, another topic of some sort similar to the the breakfast. And hopefully, like we've said, hopefully by the next time we record, there's some serious progress, if not a complete deal reached with Major League Baseball. So we could finally just fucking get this shit over with because I'm so tired of it. So sick of the meetings being 15 minutes and no progress being made. So sounds like there's a commitment to getting a deal done this week. Fingers crossed. But otherwise... Thank you guys for tuning in. We will catch you guys on the next episode. Jared, bet the over in baseball, right? That's that's where you have to. Always. Uh, always. Just bet, bet, the first, bet the first five innings. That's yeah, what, take the first inning run scored. It's just, it's going to happen. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys later.